0: In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh, wait, we do. It's the Computer Exorcist podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena.
1: From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the can of worms in downtown Rochester, New York, this is The Computer Exorcist Podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, we are going to point out the absolute dearth of ethics in the technology world and explain them to you in plain English. And like Rebecca says in our intro once normal people find out what's being done to them by Silicon Valley they are ready to get torches and pitchforks this is the Thanksgiving 2023 episode and I have a lot to be thankful for this year, it has been just fantastic for me and for my business and trying to get my message across, I about a year ago joined a a networking group that was in non-Rochester so I could start getting my word out there beyond just the city so I'm no longer confined to my hometown and people in non-Rochester actually appreciate my message you know the whole prophet is not welcome in his own town thing Turns out when I talk to people who are from elsewhere, they actually appreciate what I have to say, and they say, wow, that's actually really worth something. Wow, imagine that, instead of the lukewarm reception I've had at home. I mean, certainly, I've had a lot of great, loyal clients here who do appreciate me, but the overall climate in my city is one that worships familiarity and hates anything new. Um, They love the whole devil-you-know thing and they're content doing what they've been doing, and they worship the Buffalo Bills as their lords and saviors, and when football season is over, they have no idea what to do with themselves. Okay, I got a couple articles I want to delve into here. These are really, really important, right? And I'm still behind in my briefcase. I'm I'm a couple of years behind in the briefcase here, but I still want to get these articles out there and discuss them because of how incredibly important they are. Uh, Remember, and I say this in my book, the concepts, uh, the, the examples will change, but the concepts are eternal, right? The concepts that are happening are eternal. And sometimes, actually, when we discuss an article in retrospect a couple years later, we can show you how the concepts are evergreen and how... The, the progress of what's been happening and what their actual long-term plan is in order to take over the world, so to speak. Um, so sometimes it's a good thing that we read these uh, documents, these articles, a little while later, a year or two after. Okay. This first one here is from the New York Post. Noah Mainscar is the author. February 2021. Australia moving ahead with news content law despite Facebook blackout. Pay attention, folks, here. This is really subtle and really important. Australian officials say they're forging ahead with efforts to make tech giants pay for news content, even after Facebook imposed a media blackout there. Communications Minister Paul Fletcher told Australia's ABC... We want Google and Facebook to stay in Australia, but we've been very clear that if you do business in Australia, you need to comply with the laws passed by this nation. He joined other top officials in decrying Facebook's decision to block Australian users from viewing or sharing news content on the platform. Hold on a second here. Think about this, right? Unfortunately, a lot of people go on Facebook to get their news, right? And and it makes sense. You hear an article that somebody posts, you look at it, and you go, oh, my friend just posted this article. It must be worth reading. So then you click on that article. So what Facebook did here, I, I guess what happened was they wanted Facebook to pay a couple of pennies for every time a news article was shared through Facebook, and Facebook refused to do that. And in their defense, I get it. They They believe that they shouldn't have to pay just to have a link on there so that someone can share a link with somebody else. That's totally understandable, all right? But what Facebook did is very interesting. They simply imposed a news blackout where you couldn't share links at all, any kind of news links um, to other Facebook users. Facebook's blockade appeared aimed at news publishers, but it also blocked content from other entities, such as a government weather agency and state health department. Okay, so what they were doing is they said, you know what, um, since most computer guys are slobs, they just said, we're just going to block any links to anything we think, right, is, is, is news. So they're just blocking anything sloppily and recklessly. Facebook's actions to unfriend Australia today were as arrogant as they were disappointing, said Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison on his own Facebook page. We will not be intimidated by big tech. All right, so do you see what happened there? I mean, I think it's cool he said Facebook was trying to unfriend Australia because that, that was a clever way to put it because that's what you say when you're on social media. Um, but the way he said arrogant... Okay, is, that really resonates with my message that I've been telling you guys for years now, right? For 10 years on my old show and for almost one whole year right now on this podcast, right? We're coming up on one year on this podcast. And here's something really interesting, okay? Show of force is what I call it. Okay, Facebook was, was by blocking out, by doing that news blackout and blocking all news links from being shared on their platform right and again people supposedly facebook.com is the most visited url where some people don't even understand the difference between facebook and the internet they think facebook is the internet just like people in the 90s thought aol was the whole internet okay so facebook is now that walled garden come to think of it that aol used to be um A lot of people don't understand the difference between Facebook Messenger and their own texting on their phones, right? And Facebook wants it that way. They want it to blend in so people don't notice that they're using Facebook Messenger on their phones instead of the universal texting app. Um, They want to keep people in their proprietary world. Anyway, look, in my opinion here, this is a show of force. What they're saying is go ahead and make laws, You can make all the laws you want. You can sit there and and cry and stomp your feet and do whatever you want, uh, Australian government. But, hey, guess what? We are the ones who control the information, not only in Australia, but in the world. How scary is that, folks? How scary is that? They're basically saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, make some laws. Yeah, we'll just shut down a little switch here. And we'll shut down the information flow in the world because most people rely on us for the news as opposed to any other source. And this is why, folks, I always say to avoid Facebook or any other big tech thing, any other hungry monopoly, right? You can go to the actual journalist yourself. Please do that. Please do that. Do not feed the beast. No amount of laws, as illustrated very well in this scenario, no amount of laws will stop them. The only thing that will stop them is us deciding as a human family to stop feeding the beast. Let them dry up. Go directly to journalists, just like you should avoid the app store. Go directly to authors of software. Do not let this app store scandal grow. Because the App Store, the same deal, where Apple and Google are saying you aren't allowed to download your own software directly from an author, a publisher. You should go through us so that we can wet our beaks, right? In the past, you remember my story about Apple versus Epic. It was the last show I did on on my last radio show uh, that was on AM and FM. And Apple said, you know what, Epic is making billions and we want a cut of this, right? And they want to control The flow of information. They want to be the central hub so they control everything. They want everything to pass through them so that they can filter out whatever they deem disagreeable. Okay? So seriously, folks, go right to the news, right? Uh, You can go to news.google.com, for example. Um, It's it's a hub, but it's not Google controlling you, right? It's it's a source for independent journalists. Or just go to your actual journalists, right? Go to nypost.com or nytimes.com or Washington Post, which is actually owned by Amazon. You're not supposed to know that. Um, but just go direct to your journalists, okay? Avoid these central controllers. That's my whole point there. So again, um, Facebook just shrugged their shoulders and said, go ahead and make laws. We'll just shut down... All the news links on Facebook so y'all can't read the news anymore. And and unfortunately, people, a lot of people are just unoriginal and they don't get it. I don't get it. How do I look at the news if it's not on Facebook? I don't get it. Go directly to your journalists. All right, it gets worse. He noted that Google, which had threatened to shut off its search engine in Australia, took the more conciliatory approach of making deals with the news publishers, okay? And let me be clear. Google like they said, took a conciliatory approach. Google decided to just go ahead and roll with it, honestly, in my opinion, out of pity, out of pity for these governments, and, and they, you know it's, it's like if you, if you condescend and, and talk down to some spider that's on your floor, you're like, "You know what? I choose not to crush you right now." OK? That's what's going on here, because Google could have easily done a shutdown in Australia. Okay? Google could have easily done that and then, quote-unquote, paralyzed the whole country. Google knows, just as well as Facebook knows on their end, Google knows that Australia can make laws and, and do some pot shots at them, but they're the ones who control all the information, and they know it. Okay, In my opinion, I think Google is just being patient. Because they know later on in the future, they expect to be even more in control of the flow of information in humanity. And at that point, they can thumb their nose at governments. Because I always say this, Big Tech's ultimate goal is to supplant governments. You know, folks, I don't enjoy paying taxes. I don't enjoy being told what to do by traditional government, okay? But Silicon Valley is much worse. It's not a democracy or a representative government. It's a handful of arrogant people up in some ivory tower in San Francisco believing that just because they're smart that they deserve to dictate what the world does. And just because people in general are stupid, they believe that they have the right to govern people and to quote-unquote protect them from themselves, okay? So whatever you think of government, Silicon Valley is much worse. So continuing, Facebook also confirmed that CEO Mark Zuckerberg expressed disappointment with the proposed law on a call with the Australian Treasurer. We will continue to engage with government on amendments to the law with the aim of achieving a stable, fair path forward for both Facebook and publishers. In other words, they're disappointed with these little bugs, these little spiders, and they we continue to engage on amendments with the law in other words we'll keep working until we get what we want okay we'll keep working until we get this law changed in our favor okay and sometimes facebook does use lawmakers in their favor right the, like with the mark zuckerberg versus elizabeth warren feud where warren threatened to regulate facebook and facebook said bring it on zuckerberg said bring it on because he knew that was actually in his best interest to have more laws because he could afford the legal teams whereas any potential competitors any startups could not so it actually created higher barriers to entry so that he would have uh, his competitors would have a higher barrier of entry okay yeah that's that's pretty interesting there all right, here's another one, and pay attention here. This is very important here. Pay attention. I want to see if you get the same conclusion that I do from this article here. Sophisticated hackers snuck sleeper malware into nearly 30,000 Macs. And this is February 2021 from The Verge.com. There's a popular stereotype that Apple's computers are largely immune to malware. That is correct. They largely are. They largely are, okay? I could see what this guy's trying to say is, oh, you know, there's a popular stereotype that they're totally immune, right? They're not totally immune, but they are largely immune, okay? It is still virtually impossible to ever have any kind of malware on a Mac. Not only is that incorrect, it appears that sophisticated hackers might have been toying with the idea of a heist or a drop nasty enough that they'd have needed to cover their tracks. Malwarebytes and Red Canary discovered a mysterious piece of malware hiding on nearly 30,000 Macs with a self-destruction mechanism, and they're calling it Silver Sparrow. Okay, look. First of all, in my professional opinion, Malwarebytes is malware in and of itself. It slows a Mac down massively and really doesn't find anything and doesn't care to do anything. And it's, it's infecting a lot more than 30,000 Macs. It's on quite a few, and I have to rip it out. It's one of the first things I rip out when I clean a Mac. Um, they discovered multiple versions targeting not only Intel, but the newer Macs with Apple's own in-house M1 chip. Which is quite the thing, given how new Apple's M1 chips are. Okay, look, that's funny too, because that just shows that they don't understand the concepts behind it. I mean, yeah, that's remarkable, yay, that this is the first malware to to work on the M1 chip. But look, okay, it's it's not like they had to do anything special to to learn their way around the m1 chip okay when you write a piece of software you type out the software code and then you hit compile and then the computer bakes your recipe so to speak right you make a recipe you put in the ingredients and you put it in the oven and then the oven creates the actual final product okay so your software compiler is is where you press compile and then it takes your typewritten code and turns it into what they call binary, which is something that the computer can digest, okay? So, all you have to do, I mean, as soon as the Apple M1 chip hit the market, Apple was giving developers this this software tool to be able to compile things directly for the M1 chip so that Apple's new in-house chip could understand it natively. So... There's nothing these bad guys had to do special besides write a piece of software with the new compiler for the M1 and press the compile button. Okay, that's all they had to do. The The software just did whatever it was it was going to do. It didn't matter what language it was in, right? Um, I'm thinking of an analogy here. Let's say I'm some kind of a spy or an assassin, right? And... I go to some country and I give someone instructions to assassinate someone, okay? The language that the instructions are in doesn't matter, does it? It's the action that's the same. The assassination is going to be the same, all right? It doesn't matter what language it's in. So it's the same thing here. It's a big deal. Yay, they compiled something for Apple's M1 chip. It doesn't matter. The, the activity, the breaking into the Mac, and the causing of whatever trouble they wanted to was the same. Who cares if it's written and compiled for a different language for a different processor? Okay? Thankfully, Silver Sparrow was not able to cover its tracks before, it was before being outed, right? So these guys discovered it. Okay, great. And Red Canary says, Apple has already revoked the binaries. Thankfully, Apple has already revoked the binaries, okay, which should theoretically keep you from accidentally installing it yourself. What's going on here? Do you see what's happening? The real purpose for this article is to scare you with some, as I always say, astronomically unlikely thing, okay, some little piece of malware that was probably just plopped in there as an experiment to see if they could get in. It probably didn't even do anything, right? Um, and honestly, it's not nearly as destructive as the Mac keeper and the clean My Mac, any of those legalized fake cleaners that destroy your machine legally and get away with it, right? So the purpose of this article, in my professional opinion, is to scare you into agreeing that, oh wow, yeah, there's malware out there. And I'm so thankful that Apple was able to revoke the binaries. okay, In other words, centrally control what runs on their evil computers. Okay? That, in my professional opinion, is the real threat. The real threat is Apple being able to say, you know what? We don't like this publisher. We're going to revoke the binary. We're going to impose a central control. It's currently called Gatekeeper, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make it even more brutal with some new evolution of that that's, that's even more controlling and brutal. Um, the idea is that Apple has to approve of the software you run on your computer for your own protection, right? Apple revoked the binaries, so they prohibited their own computers from running this particular piece of malware, which should theoretically keep you from accidentally installing it yourself. What did I say a little while ago with the last article, right? We're protecting you from yourself. Here we are in Cupertino, California, telling you what's best for you because there might be malware out there. And the pinheads writing these articles are so afraid of malware, they're so afraid of malware that they're more than willing to give up their freedom and their control to Apple, which can dictate what we run on our computers, okay? So let's go back a second to that Mac Keeper and that Clean My Mac X, all right? So again, they're doing it legally. They have a legal corporation that's set up to Uh, hawk this this program these these software programs these fake cleaners not only legally okay not only legally right because again government is becoming obsolete right before our eyes not only legally but with apple's blessing okay as long as you pay apple the 20 bucks to get the bumper sticker and the lollipop that says you are an approved software author publisher vendor then you can run things on Apple's computers. It doesn't matter if it's destructive or immoral or spies on you or destroys your machine completely so you have to buy a new one after a year. As long as you have Apple's seal of approval, you can get away with it. Okay? So that's why, and I say this all the time, that's why traditional viruses and malware don't happen that often. Because the bad guys realize as long as they get a bumper sticker and as long as they they are approved by the government and by Apple, they can get away with making malware, okay? So, So that's the situation we're in, folks, all right? These authors and these independent computer guys don't have critical thinking skills. So they see, oh, wow, there's malware coming. Oh, thank you, Apple, for protecting us. But in reality... Apple can't protect us from anything bad or destructive like Mac Keeper and CleanMyMacX, right? I tell you all, all the time the story about how a couple of years ago I was at a family picnic and these cousins from Manhattan said, we just bought a new Mac and it's horribly slow. And I said, oh, you must have Mac Keeper. And they said, wow, how'd you know that? We do. And I said, it cripples a machine by 99% and it destroys even the newest, most powerful apples. They said, yeah, we just spent two grand on it and it's horribly slow. Right, So again, the idea of central control can never protect anyone from anything destructive. The only thing it can do is create a scenario where a central controlling entity, such as Apple, but anyone really controls what you as an independent individual do and they have the right to blow false alarms and accuse you of doing things whenever i install a piece of software on a mac i make sure to run a command to kill the gatekeeper so that i can run any kind of software because apple says shame on you this is from an unauthorized publisher what's your problem so i make sure to kill that function so that i can run whatever i want on any mac that i'm that i happen to be using or cleaning okay So that's the deal, folks. In my professional opinion, this is digital totalitarianism. It doesn't matter that you're on a computer, right? It's the same concepts that we've been talking about for a couple centuries now, of someone claiming to protect you by actually controlling you and determining what they think is right for you, when in reality, they don't know what's right for you, and they're totally unable to protect you against anything that's a true threat. All right, so unfortunately, this is what we're up against. I've been saying this for 11 years now, okay? It was November of 2012 that I started on AM and FM radio. So it's 11 years now, folks, that I've been saying, look out. This is a lot more sinister than you realize. Again, technology is wonderful, but the potential for abuse by these digital dictators, the potential for abuse is humongous. So, I'm Mark Anthony Arena. Buy my book for everyone you know. It's available on my website. The book is How to Protect Yourself from Your Computer. It's available on thecomputerexorcist.com or anywhere books are sold. Thank you so much for listening. Tell all your friends about the show. And happy Thanksgiving. And I promise we'll do some positive articles. There are a couple uh, we didn't get around to today. But, uh, yeah, you have a great day. Talk to you next week. Oh!